everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. So today we're beginning our third season on Fear Street. I cannot believe it. Right? We're just so young. It's hard to know we've done anything for three <laughs> times. Right? I'm, I'm not. I'm aging in reverse. But anyway, <laughs> we thought it'd be cool to start the season off by talking to the people in charge of making us look and sound cool, which would be Jedediah Martin and LaBob or LaRob Payton. <laughs> <What do you> like? <laughs> yes, welcome both of you. We're so excited to have you on. Jedediah, this is your first time on the show. Yes. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank so you. you get to go first. So get ready. Oh, okay. All right. No pressure. No pressure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just the judgment of all the internet, you know. Right. Well, yeah, no, I'm, I'm impressed. You guys have grown a heck of an audience in the past year. So I, I have amazing. to I have to be real cool. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, we're so. not cool you're fine yeah. oh good to, we're good girl we're on good. the internet it's right yeah. <laughs> so first off we start this, we start this with every new guest tell us what's your favorite scary movie oh gosh i feel like if i wasn't thinking about it i could give that answer real easy but don't like, think about it yeah <laughs> like, in your head first one <laughs> Oh gosh, I don't know. Oh man. Well, if you have a franchise, uh, you know, that works too. So, well, okay. You know what? I think I'm going to go with has a real special place in my heart because this is going to, I looked at the uh, notes beforehand. So I know that this is going to go into my <laughs> horror origin story later, okay. but I have a real soft spot for Nightmare on Elm Street part two. I, I feel like, like, it. It, I like it. yeah, that one, I feel like that one really stands out from the rest of that franchise. And I, f- I appreciate if you're going to do a franchise, because franchise, particularly slasher franchises, they go on for very long at all. It's real quick that they become just a parody of themselves. You know, like they, even if they start off real strong before long, it's it's a joke. And I remember being a kid, every time a new Nightmare or a Friday the 13th or anything like that came out, everyone was real excited. Yeah, we're going to go see the new one. And then they'd come back saying that was so stupid. But then the next one would come out. It'd be the same cycle. But Nightmare 2... Like, if you're going to do a sequel about this, I feel like Nightmare 2 actually tried to do something different than just a repeat of what we just seen. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. And yeah. Nightmare 2 also has, like, the uh, distinction of being considered kind of the the gay one. Definitely. <laughs> Especially if you watch it so, through a gay lens, you're like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That so. was me as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, it's like, aha. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, well, okay, so you kind of hinted at, hinted at this, but tell us, what is your horror origin story? So I don't know if it is like religious upbringing or what, but I went for a lot, long time not realizing that I liked horror, like thinking, oh. in fact, that I really hated it and thought, what a terrible, why does anybody enjoy these violence and people being butchered and thinking that like very, very much 70s problem. grindhouse was, yeah, okay, see there, yeah. So you know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> But I, I thought that like you could show me the worst of 70s Grindhouse and I thought that's all horror is, is this thing right here and it's just violence and gore and awfulness for its own sake. Just kind of started exploring as I got older and realized I, I would see like 
like like Alfred Hitchcock's suspense movies or something as a kid and realized that I kind of liked these movies putting me on edge and making me scared such as it was and then I got into school and I uh, helped out in the library and I discovered Fear Street novels and there were I was eating those up we'd get a new packet like a new big box of them into the library and uh it was my job to like scan them into the system so kids could check them out and i would take them home and read them and then bring them in and scan them in so that other kids could check them out and i was like i actually okay so i like this like this is (laughs) this is entertaining and then i spent the night with a, a friend of mine we'd spend the night every year on each other's birthday and stay up late and watch things we weren't supposed to and this year what came on was it was on usa's up all night uh gilbert godfrey was hosting and i remember his his uh his shtick in between his little bumper jokes the whole night before we get into the movie were about how he was the missing fifth member of the ramones and so he had pictures of him photoshopped in with the other ramones and stuff like that and uh but the movie they were showing that night was Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. And I knew who Freddy was and I knew what the idea was. And I knew I had friends who watched these movies and loved them. And I was, I was like enraptured the whole time. I was, I was fascinated with it. I was glued to it and not just like, I thought what a neat concept for a bad guy. That is scary. Like you can't sleep ever, but you can't avoid sleeping. There's, there's an inevitability to this that's terrifying. And so, and then, then I went to Stephen King books, which, you know, for, and I think reading uh, Stephen King's Dance Macabre, which I've read like three or four times, was helped me codify a lot of the feelings that I was having about like, why do people like this? And why do I like this? And I still have like a, a touchy relationship because like reading Dance Macabre helped me codify a lot of the feelings that I was having and trying to figure out why I liked this and why people liked this in general, why they liked things that were violent and upsetting and feeling, why would we watch something that makes us feel scared? And I always liked it. Like, like some of the movies I would be watching would have happy endings where the, our heroes defeat the great evil. And, and that always felt great and satisfying to me, but a lot of them didn't. And I was like, why why do I like when that happens? And, and we got, so they got to talking about like why campfire ghost stories work and why all this kind of things work. And, and I don't know, I still have a real uh, touchy relationship with it sometimes because I, I really don't do well with like really extended sequences of, of like torment and, and just extended suffering. I have a real hard time with that. And there are movies that have had that, that work well for me. I don't always do well with, violence against children but again there are movies and stories that have contained that and been done in a way that i can deal with it and you know it is all about (laughs) violence against children but you know but i still enjoy that one pretty well with some i don't know so it's it's um yeah i have my things that i really like and my things that i'll see that really set me off and upset me and are too much for me and uh but there's distinctions there too. Like I draw a huge difference between someone like Eli Roth and uh, Ari Aster. Is that her name? The who does uh, Midsummer oh, and uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, like like those are super upsetting to me, and were very hard to watch. But there's a huge difference between something like that and something like Hostel or Saw 19 or you know. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has their, their levels and their 
comfort levels or where they like, you know, Shrey and I disagree a lot about like, I don't really like super dark things where it's like just bleakness everywhere and there's no uh-huh. hope in the world. And I don't like things where I'm told to laugh. <laughs> so Tucker and Dale versus Evil was like right out for you. Yeah, I was like, we're not gonna cover that. <laughs> oh. See, I loved that one. I thought that was great. <laughs> but that's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Everyone has their cup of tea and not everything is yeah. for everyone. So when you're not working on awesome graphics for Nightmare on Fear Street, what uh what, what are your projects? What do you do? I am uh well I am my main gig is that I am the audio video director at uh Lubbock Community Theater. So I handle a lot of their design. I do uh, I co-host and do the audio editing for their podcast and myself and my friend Daniel are kind of heading up their whole digital arts program so we're very much building that we started that basically as a when covid shut all the theaters in the world down we had to figure out something to do to keep our theater open and keep it relevant and so we turned to digital programming and we created like an online sketch comedy show that we could film socially distant from each other and various we we still did about six or seven programs that year by the end of it and so now that things are opening back up, we have decided, no, we're going to keep growing this program and it'll benefit in having all this other additional programming that we can do that other theaters aren't doing, but also we'll be able to do things like shoot our own commercials and record our own podcast and on and on and on. And so we're just kind of growing that. I do freelance design and I'm working on an audio engineering degree because audio engineering and sound design are just fascinating to me. So that's, that's kind of a bonus of I can learn it because it'll be useful in my career, but also learn it because it's just something I really want to know. I really like it. So that's the best way to learn, you know? Yeah. You also created the artwork for a podcast of a guest we have on here a lot, Jerry Downey's Pfeiffer Friday. Yeah. Yes, I did. I did. I did. And and they found me because I did the art for your show, which was awesome. So yeah. no, that was awesome. Connections. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't yeah. Connections. Mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. if you want to see more of Jed's work and then of course pay Jed for some work, you can check out Pfeiffer Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Else. Yeah. And of it's course, uh, Jed, make sure, go ahead and plug any socials for you or your uh, community theater or whatever you would like to for the people to follow you and where they can follow you, all your work at. Oh, sure. Uh, the best places probably to see my work would be, well, like you said, here and Pfeiffer Fridays are two places where you see my work, but also um, I'm at Jed Martin creative at uh, on Instagram. And also there'll be, there's a link to my website in my bio there, which is jedmartincreative.com. And there you can see work of mine. You can see I have, illustration i have uh like graphic design and layout and some video work and i'm looking at putting some other stuff up there as well and you can you also have a a means of contacting me there if you're interested in my work and want me to do something for you so that's great yeah all right labab it's your (laughs) turn uh so tell us what have you been up to since last time you were on was for um Tell us from the hood. Was it really yeah. that long ago? Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> Tell us from the hood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so it's a while. Been a what have you been oh. up to? What What horror have you been watching? Oh goodness. Um. What horror have I been watching? 
I don't know. It's kind of a mixed bag. I feel like I haven't been watching anything like concertedly unless it's it's something that Sheree texts me and says, LaBob, you need to watch this right now. <laughs> um, so, and that tends to happen a lot. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate it. I feel like the last horror movie I watched was, or the last like new horror film I watched was, what is it? The, the Dark and the Wicked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I told you to watch that one for sure. And, uh, yeah, The Dark and The Wicked. It was both dark and wicked. Yes. That name did not lie. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I have been, what have I been up to? Um, As you all know by now, I've got my organization, Hearing in Color. We've been hard at work, just kind of in this strategic planning phase. And, you know, soon we will be releasing a lot of information about our upcoming season for 21-22 that will basically start in November. So I'm excited about that. I've been working a lot at the radio, so I'm also a host at WFMT, which is really fun. Um, And I get to pick music that I like, which is different, obviously, than (laughs) uh, the traditional uh, white classical (laughs) sound that I'm sure the audience is there ready uh, uh, and anxious to hear. But yeah, I'm always shaking the table in the studio with the music that I select. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Just kind of doing a bunch of different projects with different organizations that I'm really excited about and and trying to stay focused on being authentic to me. That's That's great. That's what I've been up to, really. Cheers to that. That's awesome. Mm. So aside from, this is not, you might've already answered this, but go a little bit further Mm. into it. Aside Mm. from the movies we forced you to watch, like Tales from the Hood or Halloween, (laughs) um, have you felt like being on the show opened you up to more horror films or are there other ones you've been watching since then that have uh, stuck with you a little bit? Especially because you don't like to see the monsters, which is why I was like, he gets Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) I was actually just just gonna say if if you've listened to me on this podcast before, you know I I always say like I don't like seeing the monster because I feel like after I see the thing, I'm like okay, it's not scary anymore. But I feel like because of this podcast, I've been okay with like dipping my toes into slasher films. I'm starting. I'm actually just getting ready to start Fear Street because that just came. Oh, where is it? Mm. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. It just. Yeah. On Netflix, so I'm excited to watch that. I did watch Suspiria because of the podcast. It's a wild time. Yeah. So uh, I feel like, time. you know, dance on like, your enemies. What? I need to see that. I'm a Gemini. Don't give me no ideas. What? <laughs> so yeah, I feel like I definitely have tried to expand my horror brain from listening to you all talk about these movies, it definitely gives a really cool perspective when you're watching it. Because I don't, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes I, I like listening to your podcast first and then going to watch the movie. And I know some, you know, you would recommend doing the opposite, but yeah, sometimes I'm like watching the movie and I'm like, yep, I know exactly why Trent said that. I'm on board, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's been a good time with with horror recently. I'm looking forward to some more things that might be coming out soon. I feel like we've kind of hit a lull in horror movies right now. As it just like coming out, I haven't really seen anything that I've been like, 
oh my god i need to see that though i will say i just saw a preview for don't breathe too Mm, that first one fucked me up. And I love the first one. <laughs> <Ooh, laughs> so I'm excited for the second one. No. Yes, awesome. Before we move on, make sure you, since you haven't been on since Tales from the Hood, and our audience probably has short memories like, like all of us do, make sure you plug all your social medias, especially for Hearing and Color as well. Yes, so you can always find out what's going on at Hearing and Color at hearingandcolor.org. Um, if you want to reach me concerning anything, I don't know, you want to say hi or whatever, you can always email me at larob at hearingandcolor.org. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter just by Googling my name or finding my name. Yeah, come come chat. I'd love to hear from you. Also, let them know what radio station they can catch you on and when. Yes. So I am on WFMT, which is 98.7 FM. HD1, WFMT.com or <laughs> WFMT app. And uh, you can usually hear me on Fridays at seven, from seven to midnight. So if you're ever interested in hearing some classical music with a twist, you can find me doing the thing on WFMT. That's great. Um, and just to clarify for listeners, if you're if you're looking for his name on social media, it is LaRob, not LaBob, but LaRob. Yes. So we're gonna call him LaBob. Larry LaCroix Payton. I feel like I always have to clarify that on this podcast. Yes. My name is in fact LaRob. But for the purpose of the friendship on this podcast, we can all just call me LaBob. My phone doesn't acknowledge LaRob anymore. If I put in La, it's like LaBob. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Love it. All right. So for those of you that don't know, I think by the time this airs, we will be past our one year anniversary. So what we're going to look back on a year on Fear Street and talk about something that we have learned after a year on Fear Street. Uh, maybe anything about yourself, about horror, about the community, whatever you feel like you have learned this year. So why don't you go first, um, Jedediah? Oh, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> and it can be more than one thing if you really can't narrow it down. <laughs> like things I've learned personally about myself in my life or... We can make it that kind of a podcast, oh. but we were, we were talking about like the horror genre, the horror community. Okay. Uh, hmm. About yourself as a horror fan. I don't know. I, th- I think I'm still discovering myself as a horror fan, and I have been for the past 30 years. I, mm, I don't know if I've discovered anything about the genre or the fandom. I think this show has just been a good thing for this past year just because it's allowed me to hear a perspective that I don't hear normally. Like there's, there's been a whole, like, I don't know, all of my experience with horror for most of my life has been people that look like me, you know, and it's been like straight white dudes all the way down. And that's like, like so many other things. And it's been nice to hear, hear from, cause I can remember, when you guys first talked to me about the show you're going to be doing and we're talking about the art and, and I was just like, what a brilliant concept because you're right. Horror is not terribly kind generally to marginalized people. 
like notoriously not kind. The black guy dies first has been the go-to joke since as long as there has been horror existing, you know? I mean, and and on and on to say nothing of, of how horror seems to have treated anyone that was not a, a straight man. But so it's it's been interesting just to see because I would watch these movies and as I started to become more conscious of, you know, people in this world other than me and started thinking, well, how do people that aren't the cishet binary, nor, you know, well, I don't mm-hmm. want to say normal. I don't want to say what is societally considered the norm, I guess. Think about how, how do you be a fan of this? What do you do when you love this genre and you love the things you get out of it, but you're constantly being kicked around by the genre. So it's been really cool just to hear those thoughts expressed and hear horror examined through that lens, because it's a conversation that I feel like has been really sorely lacking. In, I mean, it's sorely lacking everywhere, but it's definitely sorely lacking in horror. And so it's been really cool just to know that this outlet is here and that I get to, to hear it and learn from it. <laughs> so... Oh. We love it, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Larry. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I I feel like Jed kind of hit it. I feel like you hit it right on the right on the head, honestly. I think for me, Nightmare on Fierce Street came out at a very important time during like, like the chaos of what was the last year or year in a half. I don't even know what we're called, how we're quantifying it anymore. But I Sorry. feel like it was a very, it was a very scary time for our world, even. And I think having a place to talk about the things that are supposed to be like entertainingly scary was really cathartic. Almost, it was like you could come in and talk about, you know a silly show or a scary show or a scary movie that you watched and talk and analyze that, but then find the through lines of how it intersects with life as a person on the outskirts of, you know, as you mentioned, the, the societal the societal acceptance of normal. I, I mean, I think the, the thing that I learned about horror movies is exactly all the things that you said in that, like, there are still marginalized folks. Um, there's still poor representation. There's a lack of non-male writing and producing. And, and just like any other institution in America or around the world, it needs to be challenged and checked. And so it's nice to actually look at horror movies with that film and still be able to get the like, fear from it the the what you like about horror movies and I think it's caused me to be really critical when a horror movie fails <laughs> in that regard yeah. you know, it's, it's one thing to be you know extremely political and like tackle the issues but if the movie itself does not actually do the thing then uh, I think you really got to be a skilled person to tackle some of the issues that you all talk about on this podcast and make a good horror film. And I think that we found a lot of movies through this podcast that do do the thing and do the thing. So 
I'm grateful for NOFs, as I like to call it when I see it. Nofs. <laughs> Nofs. Um, I'm remembering that. Yeah, I'm <laughs> adopting that. Yeah, for NOFs. We love NOFs because, yeah, it's done all of that. And you all are having a really great conversation here. Thank you all. Yeah. Sarah, it's your turn. <laughs> it's Shirley because it's Thursday. Um, <laughs> I, I think what I one of the things I learned and I am happy I learned is that like there are other podcasters out there and other horror content creators out there who are not the cishet straight white man. <laughs> and so like finding them by just putting up our first episode even and having them be like, oh, you're new, welcome. And like sort of finding this community of other people who have different experiences than the normal who also would like to not be tortured on screen regularly <laughs> has mm-hmm. been very rewarding because I think that we all know other people are out there, but we never get to hear them because these spaces are crowded by people who needed to stay the way it is in order for them to feel important and special. Right. And so when you get around the three chads in a trench coat, you're like, well, hey, <laughs> hi over there. <laughs> very rewarding and I, I've made random friends in a pandemic when I was isolated in Indiana of all places yeah. just because of that just because they would be like I heard that episode and yes fuck Stanley Kubrick or yes yeah I think that's something that was eye-opening to me is just the success of the show I've been so impressed with the audience that you've built so quickly and and I think that what says there has been a desperate hunger for something like this. Like there was a, a void there that really needed filling. And, mm-hmm. and it did show how many other people there are, like you said, that, that are not the cishead straight white guy that is like, a, yeah, it, it, it's, I, it's almost like you're, you're uh, helping provide a voice for that group. <laughs> so you can, it, it's, I think the success of your show in this short amount of time really speaks to that, to speaks to how, powerful that crowd is and how much that crowd is it's it's not just a fringe group of people over here in the corner it's a lot of people and you know and from there you can extrapolate why better representation is important because again it's not just five people that aren't being represented it's a vast swath of the population so i kind of I think there are two things, but they do kind of intermingle so i'm going to say both of them one of them is more personal and one of them is more about the community as a whole. But so me personally, I have over the year become extremely more comfortable expressing my opinion and, to, and saying what I think, even if other people don't agree um, no. or have or come from a, from a different taste or a different perspective than what I have. And it's made me even, you know, the confidence in that, you know, that we, that Sheree and I might not always agree, which we don't often agree, but you know we can both exist in this community and have our own loves and favorites and whatever and I think that if the community as a whole could celebrate that even more I think it would benefit everyone it's just good to diversify to make sure that you've got diversity and I think Mm -hmm. that Sheree and I have really strived to do that and I think that you know we could sometimes we do great sometimes we be like, oh shit, that was a whole month of white people. <laughs> let's let's revisit. <laughs> I hate those months. I hate those months. I'm like, who did this? <laughs> you know, we noticed who that we did, this? right. We noticed that we did a lot of that in the first season because we got stuck in like franchises. So this mm-hmm. season, we all we really tried to get out of that mindset 
and diversify. And I think that that's only helped the podcast. And I think that that would help the community. As, as Labob said earlier, having diversity in the writing rooms, having diversity in producing. I don't think even Sheree and I don't talk about producing as much as we should. Like we need more female, queer, people of color in the producing room, as well as writing room, as, as well as behind the camera, as well as doing the lighting, the, you know, everything. Yeah. Diversity is always better. Yeah, no, like we definitely had a better season once we just sat down because also our first season, as both of you know, was like, we're going to do this starting next Monday. Can we have a poster? Right, yeah. <laughs> and so there was no time to <laughs> Yeah. Plan. Whereas the second season, we took a couple weeks off and was like, I don't see myself in most of our season. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of talking about how Stanley Keeper is an asshole, even though like I apparently have a couple essays. <laughs> I, I would like to do something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we were able to be like, let us find where these movies are because there's lists on lists on lists on lists and movies on movies on movies. And I think a lot of people get stuck on what was part of their like upbringing. So a lot of people are like, mm-hmm. well, you have to do these Miramax movies um, and it's like you don't. Miramax did Stepfather 2 and we're a parent company to a company that we no longer talk about because of the Weinsteins and horror was around for decades before that and it's still around now and there's different countries so when you are reductive and saying well you can only do it if you do these things you're a lie and so (laughs) I think that Mm -hmm. when you take a couple of hours to prove that to people they're like oh shit yeah there was stuff before the 95 and after 2000 and 13 yeah, yeah. Right. And, and you know I, I would say two things that like so if you number one if you're if you're ever in a group of people and you're talking about really any subject but right now we're talking about horror films and you see that there's only one group represented you should really work on that because I bring something to, to the table that's essentially me Sheree brings something to the table that's essentially her the Bob Jed all of our guests all of our amazing guests we've had on I don't know how many it's been at this point <laughs> a lot everyone brings their own individual perspective and identity and I think yeah it, it's only going to enrich the conversation if you're not mm-hmm. all the same thing yeah I'll, I mean I'll just say and I feel like this is a piece of my everyday work so sorry if anybody knows me and hears this and is like Laura are you always saying that but (laughs) it's the truth and I think that beyond diversity I think an issue that a lot of institutions have is that they stop there is that it's like oh yeah well we got this person in the room and that person is in the room and and then that person's in the room so we're good right and that's not that's not the end and I think what this podcast does is that next step it's creating it's creating a culture of safety for the people whose voices are have been excluded because you can bring those people into the room mm-hmm. but if you tell them you can only talk about this thing though right then you're harming them and you might as well not even include them right so i really think that the next step is what i mean and it's how you've been able to kind of foster this audience base of diverse people to bring in guests of ranging opinions. It's all because you've you've created an environment that is safe for people to come in and talk about their experience and their thoughts about a thing without feeling like, oh, they're gonna oppress me after I state my my feelings. It's really about creating a culture of safety 
And I, I appreciate you all for having the tough conversations and disagreeing where it's necessary, mm-hmm. you know, um, because it's it's in the uncomfortable that you find that like nest of goodness. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I also, I we've heard me get on my soapbox and people are like, it's hard to find people who don't look like me because that's a lie. <laughs> and so I just love that, like, especially our first season, we grabbed from like friend circles because nobody knew who we were. We didn't know who we were. And so like, <laughs> the fact that we never had a bunch of guests who are all like cis straight hat white men and a lot of podcasts can't seem to do that. I feel like that is one of the things that I'm just like, these are just like people in my phone. Right. You mean to tell mm. me with all of your resources, you couldn't find one black person to talk about this new Jordan Peele movie or them from a different perspective? Right. And they're like, no, because we have money. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's yeah. a problem. <laughs> well, yeah, and the actual problem is that they probably can't find that person because the person is looking at the environment being like, I'm not bringing my expertise there. I'm not going <laughs> right. No. no. Yeah. yeah. Or it's laziness. Because a lot of it too is, I mm. look. Yeah. Well, and I remember we actually had uh, the LCT podcast last summer. We did a series on uh, diversity and inclusion in theater, and we had Sheree on for one of those episodes. And I remember you talking about, and this was such a such an important lesson for all the other super white panel of that show to learn and that we've had to pass on to other, because everyone in every theater has 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 had that. We're like we want to be inclusive. So let's do a show this season that has a black cast. And then someone says, but can we find any? And no, we can't. I don't know where they are, you know? And like every, every theater I've ever been a part of, it's like, we'll do Raisin in the Sun this year, but can we find any black people? And, and, and you, tar- you, you very people. clearly pointed out, and this is the thing we've had to bring back to other people in our theater and just in the theater community. It's like, it's not that they're mystical cryptids that are hard <laughs> to find. It, it's that we're not looking for people that aren't like us. And we, we, we put out a Facebook ad saying that, you know, it's like, we need people of color for this show and nobody's answering. Well, I guess we tried and no, we didn't. Yeah. yeah no, there's yeah. got to be some community engagement. Otherwise people are like, what is this token show? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that goes back to what Thorop was just saying about creating the community of inclusion and safety. Like it's yeah. going to take time to build this. It's not like we're just going to, say that we did this, like you said, what could come up with the first year that we do any kind of inclusive casting, it's going to look like tokenism. What's yeah. going to stand is how we continue over the coming years and how we grow from this year to next year to next year to next year. And not just having you know, a cast with some people of color on stage or a cast that has LGBTQ people in the cast because that's what the story is about. Mm-hmm. And, we, and, and you know, we've got to have stories written by black people or directed by, by people in the LGBT community and people running lights that, are, you know, and people that are just on the board and in the committees that are free to speak while they're there and their ideas are valued as much as everybody else's are because it's real easy, which you also touched on, Lara, bringing, you know, 
this is my black friend who is here now. And now we have included people and I'm not actually going to let you talk, but I mean, at least you're here. <laughs> we you can't know. be racist if Stanley's in the corner. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, it's like, but here. I have some of my best friends are black. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. My, I was just going to say a really good friend of mine. I will quote this to the day I die. We had a conversation kind of in a similar vein. And she said to me, the real problem is that y'all are inviting us to these tables with this food that we don't want to eat. I don't want to eat yes. this food. <laughs> yes. This unseasoned chicken. Yes. You, gotta, yeah. you, gotta, you have to talk to me and ask me what I like. Because then I will tell you, fry that chicken up, add some seasoning to it. Bake your macaroni and cheese and leave the raisins out of my potato salad. <laughs> salad. <laughs> and then That's our new thesis. Together. Yeah. That is our new thesis. And don't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, statement. and don't just think you're going to do a raisin in the sun and all black people are going to go, wow, Well, the, and that's, yeah, I think too, when we talk about inclusion of people in color, it, and sorry to keep drilling this to theater, but this implies to the society all over but whenever anyone talks about inclusion in the theater someone says well we want to include the african-american community so it did we jump like right to fences or raised in the sun and it's not that those are bad shows it's just they're not the only two shows (laughs) but uh, but then if they say well we want to include the lgbtq community someone automatically says matthew shepherd we've got to we've got to talk about which and we should talk about Matthew Shepard and everything that happened to him and continues to happen to to marginalized people to this day. But it's it's always it's always these two or three shows that we do and say, well, we did we did this last year. We right. we did Laramie Project last year. It's like, okay, well, great, but so did every theater. There are other shows and there are other stories like it doesn't always have to revolve around the trauma. Right. Which go. is another thing I am very thankful for Sheree pointing out. You don't just have to focus on, like, yeah. there are lives outside of just the trauma. We can leave the trauma and we can try intersectionality so we can stop pretending like, oh, only people in this community look this way. Oh, this can't be a thing. But so many people are so many different things from one hour to the next. And so when Mm -hmm. you're like, we're going to do this show and talk about accessibility, but like all white cast, you're cutting off a conversation. And then when you like do (laughs) cast those few brown people and those bit roles, we see you. And so like, you've just created a different problem. And so like, I, I don't know. I say these rants a lot. I don't know why I'm saying them again. Like people hear me say this all the time. Because they still need to be said is the thing. (laughs) Listen. And something that I would say is marginalized people know you just chose the easiest show. For example, to bring this back kind of to our podcast, if Sheree and I said, oh, we're going to do look at horror through intersectional lenses. And then we did Get Out and then an all white rest of the season and someone brought it up. We, We did Get Out. Okay, yeah. we, we know that's the easiest apple yeah. to pull. <laughs> Listen, yeah. li- you come back to me if you want to like really do black horror after you sit around having to shift through the list to find actual black creators, not Jordan Peele, like I did. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, that was written by white people. Oh, that was written by white people. Oh, that's yeah. Jordan Peele. Oh, and you come back to me then. And then you'd be like, I put in the work and I found those same four movies. Right. And I would be right. like, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> I think that says something too about about Get Out made such the splash that it did. 
I mean, partially is, I mean, it did make a splash because of its own merit of just being a good movie, obviously, but uh, in my opinion, I, <laughs> that's not a, I don't know, but also made a splash because just the uniqueness of a black creator in horror and a, a black protagonist with this black point of view and the story being viewed through that lens. Like that was such a novelty. And yeah. it's like the fact that the movie made that such a huge splash maybe also speaks to the problem. And the want from the community. Because what I would say too, something that I've been really amazed by and I feel so honored by is how diverse our listeners are. We get told, like, because we listen. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why we have so many great guests and so many, you know, we've covered so many amazing films because we listen to what you guys want. Sometimes it doesn't work out too well because you told us to watch The Shining and you saw what happened. Uh, <laughs> 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 but we listened and we listened and we did yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, we were like, we listened and we're gonna take that off the table because <laughs> we saw how that went. <laughs> I saw want to clarify just real quick i hope that that did not sound like i was saying that get out was good for like pc reasons or because of a black okay I, I, I didn't want it to sound like i was saying like of its own volition if it's that were not movie. a novelty yeah. it would still be a good movie it would like, i'm not trying to say it was successful because i i love what you said because it's something that like i also keep saying is that like it's a good movie but it also is popular because there is a bigger problem um in society to where they were like, oh, racism is a thing? <laughs> I was like, the fact that you just discovered this because of this movie is a problem, but yeah. let's keep didn't talking we, because you're at least talking now. Yeah, didn't we end that in the 60s? What, like? Yeah. Right. No, no, I yeah. thought it was I mean, over. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The other thing, Jed, is that both are true. It yeah. is popular because it's a Black-centered film and mm -hmm. it's popular because it's really good. So like they both exist, but we have to analyze why, you know, mm -hmm. the first is the first, you know? So yeah, totally with you. It, it and, made sense for me. Right. Okay, totally. good. I just wanted, and, I'm not always the clearest communicator. So I wanted to make sure I was not saying like. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awful. That's like our yeah, artist came terrible. on and got canceled. So we don't have posters. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to make sure that is not what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Not saying that. <laughs> I just ordered crayons. It'll be fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? We're going to draw something new. Yeah. <laughs> Who are these stick figures? Don't know. <laughs> oh new but tone yeah. for the show. Well, <laughs> one of the things that Sheree and I have been talking about since we were filming or recording season one and in our planning for season three is that we haven't gone outside of the country enough. That's the one kind of area that we are lacking. We have. It's not, we, it's not that we haven't. We just haven't pulled enough so get ready for future plans we'll get to that in a little bit later nice. <laughs> that is exciting yeah yeah I'm no, looking forward have, to having my horizons expanded yeah we have so many international listeners um it's kind of ridiculous <laughs> and so like <laughs> we i'm like oh my god you're listening to us at two in the morning <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, we definitely want to, like, leave the country more, especially because, like, a lot of the ones that we agree to like are from different countries. And so it's, like, why are we not actually seeking out more? Because, like, I know I've watched, like, a good chunk of the ones that are on Shutter this summer. And it's, like, why don't we just yeet those into our list? <laughs> <laughs> we talked about us enough. Don't you agree, Sheree? 
Oh yeah, I'm over <laughs> us. I'm done with us. We're going to talk about how awesome you guys are. So, um, oh well. Let's talk about. You must. <laughs> we're going to talk about your work with Fear Street for a little bit. I'm going to start with Labob. So, like, for those of us like myself, because I'm not a musician at any way. I love music. That's where I, that's that's my level. <laughs> I'm like, I like that song. What is the process like creating the creating music like for especially for a known entity already? Woo! Um, <laughs> you know, I will I will say this to the public. I'm not ashamed to to admit this um, on this podcast, but I actually, you know, before composing this piece for this podcast I did not consider myself a composer at all because I'm more of an interpreter and I'm finding after making the music for for the show that they're one and the same actually and so I appreciate Sheree Wow, I just said your real name. What? Do I owe you money? Like, who's that? Do I owe you money? I need another drink. Hold on. I need another drink. <laughs> but I appreciate you for for asking me to do it because I remember initially I was like, you want me to what? Um, let me see who I know who can do the thing. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just think. Let me just put together some thoughts and see what I can come up with. I think a lo- I spent a lot of time listening to your podcast because I was trying to find what I thought was the most captivating thing about the podcast. And I know I've already kind of blown your heads up, so I won't give you any more praise. On- <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, I tried to, you know, find something that felt to me I thought the kind of the key things about your podcast were this kind of authenticness, also a little bit of campiness, and also this kind of traditional spooky that I feel like the both of you really like. And so I sat down and I was like, okay, what is traditionally spooky to me? And I legit looked up um, the history of horror music and found that there are actually like very specific chords um, that people will play on the keyboard and or like on the piano to like make that kind of effect of horror. And I took those apart. I took them, I took them apart and I started listening to listening to different music. I know that, you know, you guys are big fans of Halloween. So I like listened to that music and I was like, okay, what is interesting about this and how does it make me feel? And I just kind of took it apart and really just was like, all right, I'm going to do what I feel here. And I kind of channeled some of my own frustration of not being able to get it together into it. And it, I, I became the villain in my own composition, which was actually really nice. Um, but yeah, you know, it was it was really fun because once I sat down, I had written like a whole page of just words and sentences that I thought, you know, really spoke to the podcast. And then I finally sat down and started just punching, writing notes down. 
I think I sent Sheree a picture of the, the manuscript that I was writing and I knew I was like, Sheree doesn't know what this is. I don't know why I'm sending this to her. But I was just like, I just want you to know that like it's happening, I'm doing it. And maybe about five or six hours later, you know, out came what you all have, at least like on paper <laughs> was what you all had, um, you have. And I just was like, you know what? Let's just put it together and see what happens. And I recorded it and I got uh, a really good friend of mine to, to help me kind of fine tune it. And I was like, I think this is it. I sent it to Sheree and I was like, hella scared because <laughs> I am like so it, it was like it's like my baby because I I had never done anything like this before so I was like I don't know what she's gonna say she could be like this is terrible I hate it <laughs> uh, and she, Shirley is not a person to mince words so I was like okay <laughs> I was like I know if I send it to Shirley she's gonna tell me what's going on so I sent it and you know waited like hours I think you were maybe in like a lesson or something like that and I I was like oh my gosh she hates it I was thinking in the background I was like it's been like it's been like an hour and she hasn't responded she hates it. this isn't like this isn't like Shirley she always responds quickly and then finally I got the text that was like oh my god la bomb like, yes so yeah I told her I would just kind of I would take it back and kind of fine tune it some more and really kind of put it into the sounds in with the sounds that I thought went best with it. And Here we yeah, are. I mean, it, it, it was a process of, uh, you know, I think I sat down at my computer, put, put the sounds together. I got a friend of mine, shout out to Tiana Sorensen. If you listen to the end of the podcast, um, you'll hear that voice that's singing way up in the heavens in the stratosphere. That's a good friend of mine, soprano Tiana Sorensen. She is amazingly talented, and I'm so excited to see where she goes. And uh, another friend of mine, Jackson Kidder, who plays bass. Um, and really, I asked him to come over and bring his like huge double bass to like record some of the string parts. And he came over and he was like, okay, so what if I do something else? And I was like, uh, okay. And he had his electric bass and he just played out the like bass line. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> I was like, this gives this an entirely new sound and I love it. Um, so shout out to him for also being a creative in that moment. Again, another person who's doing really really awesome things i know he's working on a lot of projects right now so shout out to him and we all just got together to record it and it came out as you all hear it and i'm i'm proud of it i'm glad that you guys like it i think you know it, it fits that kind of ooh, that's that's kind of what i get when i hear it it's just kind of like <laughs> The like Scooby Doo esque like yes. yeah I mean I hope I hope the people who listen to your show think that it fits and that it works because you know like I said it was my first time doing something like that and and since I've been extremely more confident about arranging and composing and you know I'm actually been asked to be the music director for an, an upcoming project because. Somebody was like, oh, you did that for this podcast? Great. Do you mind doing that for this? And I was like, you know what? 
yes i can do that that's so awesome so yeah that's that's kind of the story of the music that's i just amazing. i just need to say i was like we get to find someone to make our music it has to be la bob because <laughs> i was like nobody else will get the weird shenanigans we're getting into <laughs> and also who we are and what we are Yes. And I also need to go ahead and put out into the space that this is the first, this is our first production meeting, if you will, listeners. Like, <laughs> the four of us have never done a Zoom at the same time. Like, yep. I think Trin and Jed are meeting for the first time today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've talked Jen. over Messenger, but that's, yeah. Yeah. No, these were like four different text exchanges in a trench coat with different people yeah. in different states. None sure. of and it all came together to make a podcast. Yeah. Right. Right. No, which is also on brand for us to be like, it's season three. Should we all talk? What? <laughs> <laughs> is it time? Is it time for that to happen? I think we should all meet now and talk about what we've done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I. I think the music is fantastic. I love it. It's like decadent camp. Yes. Mm. Like rich I like that. camp. I like that. <laughs> it is It is my favorite podcast music I've heard from the podcast I've been checking out and the ones I listen to. Oh. And like that is, it's a very short list of podcast music I like. I won't name names because that seems rude, but it's a very <laughs> short list of podcast music I like. And this is my favorite. <laughs> Oh, thank you thank you yeah i i'm glad you all like it i like i said i think it, it works and fits with what you guys do so yeah it's nice to it's nice to listen to the podcast and forget that i made the music sometimes i'll like just, I'll just listen and then be like oh yeah i did i did do that <laughs> <laughs> oh that's mine yeah. it me it me <laughs> But yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Ed, why don't you talk a little bit about the creation of the artwork? Well, I feel like I, I, so one of the things that I think ended up benefiting the show was that I struggled to settle on one idea for a long time. And so I, I, I had two or three ideas. The first go-to inspiration for me was the poster to a 70s horror film called Black Sunday. And it's all orange with black uh, text and this image of a woman. And it's just all um, really high threshold, high contrast outline of her face. And her eyes are pure, like shot through white. And that poster has stuck with me all my life because it just scares me. And I love it for the way it scares me. And so that was the first thing that popped into my head. I was like, I want to get like pictures of Trenton Sheree and do something like that poster. And so that's why you got a lot of like high contrast orange pictures of yourself mm-hmm. to, uh, and it didn't, and what, what ended up coming out was not at all. Like, I don't know if anyone would look at it and say like, oh yeah, that's like that poster, but that's where the inspiration started. Mm-hmm. But then I started having the thoughts about, like I thought about doing cartoons of, you know, you wearing Freddy's glove and Trent wearing the, uh, the, a hockey mask or, you know, something like this. And, and that never came to fruition, but it is still in my head. But I mean, I, let's, I, not, let's not throw those out. Now. Yeah. You have time. You have time now. It's not like we need it next week anymore. It's true. It's true. true. But there are also, I, I came up with the, the, you have some, there's images you have of uh, Nosferatu who is still, my favorite vampire to this day. Nosferatu is my favorite uh, version of Dracula, I think, because again, 
it's the one that has unsettled and scared me the most. Mm. Just like that classic image of the shadow creeping up the staircase, the famous image from that movie, or when the ship arrives in the dock and he just rises up and is like, this is scary. This is the kind of scary that I like. I, I'm into this. I, so I wanted to use Nosferatu. And I like, I like that Nosferatu is an ugly vampire. He is not sexy. He's not beautiful. and He's not enticing in any way. He is a monster and he's gross and he's ugly and he's hey, an abomination. You, you, know, know? you never know, though. There might be somebody out there who likes Nosferatu. Fair. Let's not, let's not yuck anybody's yuck. Fair point. Someone will always fair... swipe right. Someone <laughs> yeah. will always swipe right. That's, That's true. Awesome. I'm not here to... <laughs> but uh, so I ended up with like multiple different ideas and then someone was like i have this idea but i can't decide if it looks better in this color or this color so why don't i just send them all eight of these <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you you ended up saying we like all of them and it was like all right then then you know what we can do is you've got all of these for every season that you want to do you've got different art and 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 because i couldn't settle on one idea so i was like i'm gonna give them six ideas because i can't I can't pick one, so. They were all awesome. They are prominently displayed on our Patreon for our tiers. <laughs> because I'm like, we need an image for each of these. I'm like, an image for, oh, yeah. <laughs> we knew all the way back yeah. then, we knew. Right? No, and so yeah. people on our Patreon get a sneak peek at some of our future artwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, that's one of the benefits of joining the Patreon. Yeah. It's, it's info that the everyone doesn't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's great so, yes and yeah. i will say that like we gave you very short turnaround and i like <laughs> we were like we, we love it we want you to do it we we need it by like tuesday yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> we down because we were like we're starting a podcast and we need to find an artist and you were like i'd be interested and we were like in your dms hi we're recording yeah, the episode like, like right then yeah how much time do you need because we're, we're recording it now and yeah, you were yeah. like oh now now well um <laughs> Could we talk I about what you're doing? Weekend. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that may have fueled it too, the fact that I couldn't narrow down one idea. It's like, I, I've, I've got to get them something. They, they need this. i got to get it to them now. It's like, all this, are, it may have been kind of me trying to push the burden onto you. It's like, you know, it's your show. You choose. And, oh, well, you like them all. So that works for me too. <laughs> but uh, I said, the, one of the moments that really pleased me and delighted me is like, I, I did an image that was just Trent's eyes. And Trent, you started using that as a profile picture on social media for a while. And I was like, oh, the the (laughs) shot of serotonin I got from that was... And I might go back sometime. You never know. Sometimes I was jealous. I was like, where are my eyes? (laughs) (laughs) Your eyes too. It's, It's... I think it's just because the fo- the photo that I had that I was going from had like the shadows worked real well on his eyes. But I mean, I can do something with your eyes too. I mean, thank was... you. <laughs> we could do like that Scream 2 uh, movie poster where it's like Nev Campbell. Uh, yeah, Nev Campbell in Courtney yeah. Cox's eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that like 2002 movie poster thing where it's like, six people down here and oh, then yeah. the eyes up here <laughs> and then the rays coming out from behind the title and <laughs> that's every horror movie for four years that's one of my favorites I love like it. who gave you this template were there not others <laughs> and they were like here are three publisher subscriptions in a trench coat mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes. that's what we're getting <laughs> 
<laughs> One designer did all the movies. I yeah. have a theme. Maybe that's a theme this season. People don't know. They don't I'm, know my life. I'm still kind of steaming at three chads in a trench coat. <laughs> yes, that's good. hilarious. That might be the Twitter name. <laughs> that, that's your. I love it. I like the idea company. of you doing an entire season of things stacked in trench coats, though. It's yes. Like... I could, though. I could. Well, yeah, what? You could, yeah. You could just do things that are related to each other in unusual ways and always frame it as three romantic comedies that turn out to be horrors stacked in a trench coat. Or yeah. <laughs> three kitchen horror movies in a trench coat. Everybody dies in the kitchen. Ooh, I'm, oh, sensing, go. <laughs> I'm sensing something here. I'm sensing something here. Yeah. Well, we yeah. don't want to give away all the our secrets. But yeah, so this has been amazing having both of you on to begin our season three. Thank you both so much for joining us and for everything you've done and continue to do for Fear Street. It's been a blast. It's going to continue to be a blast. I'm excited. But let's get started with season three. So next week, we're kicking the season off with Train to Busan. And and that's because and that's because our first theme this season is going to be we're not in Kansas anymore and we're gonna get the hell out of America for some horror movies this September. We love that. Love yes. it. Nice. I'm, I've been wanting nice. to travel for a hot minute. Let's go. And I keep hearing <laughs> that Train to Busan is a great, great movie. So I'm excited to, and there's a sequel. So we might be talking yeah. about that. You never know. Never know. Mm. I don't Good know trail. what we're going to do half the time. Right? <laughs> right? We just text, we're like, hey, what, what do you think about this? That's great. Let's do it. Surprise, we're doing this. Well, the best ideas come from that. That was that's the genesis of this podcast. That's right. it, really, but, truly. Figure it out. It, it was three ideas in a trench coat, and here we are now. <laughs> <It is. laughs> Look at that. Um. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you to Jed and Labab or Larab for those of you who are going to be going Google that his name to give him some <laughs> composing work. You never know. Yes, thank you all so much, and thank you for listening, and make sure that you all stay fierce out there. Bye. Bye.